Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers. Austin, Texas Sports, The Horn. I woke up to the morning sky first. Oh, yes, sir. And yes, ma'am, you had better get them up. Get them going straight up 6 a.m. to start five hours. Tremendous sports conversation right here on the horn. It's going to be a good one. A lot to dive into. Light night in Major League Baseball last night, but that will lead to a busy weekend. Preseason in the NFL week two is underway. Scary moments in the Philadelphia-Cleveland game last night on Thursday Night Football. We'll get to the latest on the lifetime Longhorn Moro Ojima, who left on a cart last night if you were watching that Cleveland-Philadelphia game. Also, big news from the NBA. Schedule is released. And Victor Wenbanyama and the Spurs are coming to Austin twice. Two games in the month of March. We'll preview that coming up. Austin FC will be back on the pitch this weekend for the first time in more than three weeks. And uh, all kinds of other great stories. Longhorns have a big football scrimmage tomorrow morning. We will preview that as well. Talk plenty of Texas football. 15 days. 15 days to the start of the Longhorn football season. Uh, So... Yes, five hours might be enough. We'll see. We're going to jam a lot of a lot of conversations into uh, five hours this morning. And we appreciate you finding us however you do this morning. And look who it is across uh, the way. He is uh, our shutdown corner five hours each morning, five days a week here on Ian Rod B from DB High. And, of course, DBU. He is a lifetime Longhorn, 16 years, a radio fixture on your dial and on your uh, digital apps. And he was number 21 in your program at number one in your heart. I'm in. Rod Babers. What's up, Rod B? I appreciate the intro as always. And yes, it is a Friday, which means it's a freak flag, feel good, fake it till you make it, Rick Flair, woo, football Friday edition there of it is. Ian Rod B. Let's get it going, baby. How you do anything is how you do everything. How you do anything do the damn is thing. how you do everything. And uh, let's do it right. Uh, Ty Henderson is through the glass as well. And uh, this 18th of August is going to be blazing hot. I hit... Uh, Driving from uh, from Buda and back into my house at Onion Creek yesterday, uh, my car thermometer hit 111 degrees. <laughs> Literally, like I mean, that's not like stuff should be melting at that point. 111 <laughs> degrees. I actually then took a picture of it at oh, 110, wow. and then I saw a uh, tweet from KXAN that that was hmm. the hottest day on record this year, and uh, I 111. But it's like, crazy because like, in the morning, what, come on, man. In the morning, it's kind of it's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. actually right. Seventy something feels like it. It's been cooler in the morning. It's cooler yes, in the morning, but you're right. It's just <laughs> well, I will give depressing. Uh, I'll give some semblance of hope. I think next Tuesday, our 100 triple digit degree temperature days will snap potentially because I saw a poten- chance of a shower or two and temperatures mm. around 98 or 99. So, <laughs> no, we, I mean, I think you can tell a difference of 12 degrees if the, it's not no, 111. No, you can. You can. But uh, I stopped counting. So how many consecutive days have oh, we been triple man, digits? I, I stopped at like 31. I was like, I'm done. And that just gets depressing. Yeah, exactly. Why, why would you do that just to yourself? Just gets depressing. <laughs> uh, let's also say good morning to uh, all of our first responders out there. As you said yesterday, Rod, we appreciate mm. them each and every day. Of course, uh, our military installations throughout the great state, across the country and all over the world. But also all those first responders to do what they do uh, to to help uh, with with, with you know, the, the first response, which mm. we need each and every day. Appreciate you doing that. And a lot of those folks are up early like we are. I'll take uh, it even farther. After. Those who serve, all right, those, those who, who serve. of service, or whether it be God, country, or community, we appreciate you. That to, from the trash man or woman uh, to the teachers, all of them, we appreciate it because, uh, hey, man, you're the you're the guardian angels <laughs> <Amen>. <laughs> of this, uh, this society, so we appreciate you. 
You said it, doing God's work. And uh, somebody just sent us a picture on our Specs text line, which you can always uh, use as well, 512-337-3776. He sent a picture of his dashboard, 117 yesterday. 117 yesterday afternoon getting into my car. Okay, well, let's see who's got the highest temperature. And look, my my, my guy's going with the military time. That's pretty cool. Military time on Mm -hmm. his uh, 1648 he sent that. That means he's about his business. I like that, military (laughs) time. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. All all who serve, and uh, a lot are up and at it this morning, Uh, educators and uh, the like. Yeah, Yeah. school's back in. It's been a busy week. School's going back. Uh, University will start. UT starts uh, early next week. So everything cranking back up, getting back to normal. So that means we're getting close to football season, Rod B. Hey, shout out to the nurses. See, nurses are brilliant. Nurses. nurses. There's a a bunch of folks who who who, who make their living. In uh, of service, all right. In service, in service of community, whether it be the country, uh, God, and we appreciate you because not all of us are making our living that way. You have to choose to do that, and that is a that is a burden, but an honor as well. And we appreciate it. Thank you for choosing to spend some time with us each morning. Hopefully, as much as you can, tell a friend. You know, I I was we we had a meeting yesterday. I was telling folks, you know, you can you can push copy on that on that horn app. You can hold it down and you can copy it and you can send that to people. Hmm. You can send that to friends. Say, hey, if you want to hit, listen to Ian Rod B in the morning, send it, it. Uh, send it along. Spread the love. Here's a text message, and they'll be able to pop it right. Because if they're if they're so incapable of even going to their app store to find the Horn app, you can just <laughs> send it to them. And then you have a link right there. You know what? It's a digital link. Click on it, and boom, you download it. It's on your phone. You're listening to E Rod B and Ty every single morning. Great PSA. Yeah, right. well, hey, look, it's so simple. I've sent it to a lot of people. Once I realized, oh, I can just push that, hold I actually that down. didn't know that either. <laughs> yeah. yeah, on my phone, I, if you have an I'm iPhone, i test that out, actually. I did not know you could do that. Yeah, man. Lie to you. Yeah, man. All right, so, uh, Ty, how are we doing? Ty, Ty's got the hoodie up over his head yeah, this morning. What's not, going oh, on in you, there, Ty? Did you lose a bit? What? No, I'm just I'm really tired. Oh, okay. All-nighter. Looks like he pulled an all-nighter there. Uh, all-nighter. Definitely pulled an all-nighter. I did play some blackjack. Oh, did you win? No. No. What the... That can't be real. If somebody sent us 133 as a temperature. <laughs> Where are you? Are you in Death Valley? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, somebody Where just sent us a dashboard the... picture of Whoa. 133 degrees. Thanks for that. Get well, out of there, by the way. Leave. All right, you win. Uncle, <laughs> Immediately. Uncle, Leave. I'm out. <laughs> Get out of there. <laughs> My 111 right is nothing. <laughs> nothing yesterday in the. Uh, in, oh, uh, man, that's correct. That's Austin, incredible. Texas. Hey, let's get to the headlines, Rod. Let's start it with the uh, top stories. We'll get behind the burn orange curtain this hour. Also, some just the facts, facts of the morning uh, and facts of the day as we get you into this 18th of August. But first, the headlines. UBO Business Services brings you the news. We'll start in the NBA. How about, yeah, NBA lead. Uh, big news yesterday. Official word that the San Antonio Spurs are going to return to Austin. This coming season is part of their regular season schedule. It's the second straight year they'll do the I-35 series. Spurs, along with the rest of the league, released their schedules yesterday for 2022-23. And the San Antonio schedule does include two games at Moody Center, back-to-back nights in March. And how about the first game? Friday night, March 15th, the defending champion Denver Nuggets will be in town. The Brooklyn Nets will play the following night at Moody Center against the Spurs at 6 o'clock. The I-35 series tickets will go on sale September 15th at 10 in the morning. NBA season itself will tee off, uh, tip off on October the 24th. Week 2 of the NFL preseason kicked off last night in Philadelphia. Eagles and Browns played to an 18-18 tie. Philadelphia quarterback Jalen Hurts and Browns started Deshaun Watson watched in street clothes, as did most of the starters for both sides. A uh, couple of scary moments last night, one including former Longhorn defensive lineman Moore Ojimo. The seventh-round rookie was chasing Browns quarterback Kellen Mond, former Texas A&M QB, when he collided with a teammate, suffered what appeared to be an injury to the head or neck area. He was immobilized, taken off on a cart. Soon after, the Eagles did provide an update confirming that it was a neck injury, or is a neck injury, but added Ojimo 
has movement in all of his extremities. Cross your fingers there. Two more preseason games on the card tonight. Bryce Young in Carolina in New York to face the Giants. Also tonight, Cincinnati will be Atlanta in Atlanta. No clear word on whether Bijan Robinson will see his first game action or not. Out in California, Dallas Cowboys wrapped up their three-week training camp in Oxnard ahead of preseason game number two tomorrow night in Seattle. That game will feature not many, if any, of the Cowboys starters, but it will go a long way to solidifying the 53-man roster for the Cowboys, those back end of the roster spots. Down in Houston, meanwhile, the Texans have held joint practices with the Miami Dolphins the past two days. Those two will play tomorrow afternoon at 3 o'clock at NRG Stadium. Light night in baseball. Astros and Rangers both took the day off at a home series this weekend. Texas will host Milwaukee for three games in a matchup of first-place teams. Brewers currently atop the NL Central. Despite being swept by the Red Hot LA Dodgers this week, LA beat them again last night, 1-0. They've won 11 in a row, the Dodgers have. But Milwaukee and Texas should be an intriguing series this weekend in Arlington. Houston will host Seattle. Mariners are six games back of the Rangers in the AL West, but they're just a half game back of a final AL wildcard spot, so that should be a good one. This weekend in Houston, streaking. Uh, speaking of streaking, the Round Rock Express made it nine wins in a row last night. 6-3 victory in Sugarland in soccer. Austin FC is back on the pitch for the first time in 23 days tomorrow night when they face St. Louis FC in the Gateway City. Austin FC hasn't played a match since July the 29th and their 0-2 performance in the League's Cup. Head coach Josh Wolf yesterday called the hiatus a much-needed break for his team. Uh, they have 11 games remaining in the regular season. Austin FC enters the post-league break, League's Cup break, fifth in the Western Conference with 32 points. The expansion St. Louis uh, side sits atop the Western Conference with 42 points. This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. Oh, no, I see a 118 on here, too. We're getting Somebody all these dashboard some 118. Pictures. Oh, man. Like I said, it, <laughs> I wonder, you guys, uh, let us know where you are, too, because, uh, man, what parts of Texas are y'all in? Because that is brutal. 118? It's been a summer. That 133, I still need to know where that person is. Please send us just send a note some, say some where re- that was taken. Part, there's some region. You ain't got to give us details, but please <laughs> let us know exactly where you are so I can stay away from that place. Yeah, avoid that at all. <laughs> uh, I got talk. a question for you guys. It's, it's Cowboys and Longhorns. I think you can actually you know, relate it to the Cowboys and the Longhorns because um, there are high expectations for both. We've talked about the kind of the concrete goals and expectations for both the Cowboys and the Longhorns. Cowboys don't make it past the divisional round. Failure of a season. Well, I say failure. Disappointment. Failure may be too strong. Disappointment. Uh, a disappointing season. If the Longhorns don't play for the Big 12 title, at least play for the Big 12 title, that's considered a disappointment. Right? I, don't, disappointing I, don't season. That, I don't know that failure is too high in for, both regards. Okay. Well, there you go. Actually, I didn't want to be too strong. Okay. Well, I mean, again, is that is that too high of expectations or too high of a bar? I mean, Cowboys have been in the divisional round with a really talented roster each of the last two years and two Januaries and come up short both times to the San Francisco 49ers. And obviously the changes that were made this offseason with Mike McCarthy taking over play calling, the additions of guys like Brandon Cooks and Stephon Gilmore, uh, where the Cowboys have typically not been aggressive pursuing trades and free agents. They were. Mm-hmm. I think they see the window here and see the opportunity. Then, as we've talked about in the in the NFC, the the opportunity's there, right? I mean, Aaron Rodgers is now out of the conference. Tom Brady's gone. Drew Brees is retired. I mean, you know, your your chief competition is Brock Purdy and Jalen Hurts. And then whoever rises up, and is it Seattle or Minnesota or Detroit or mm-hmm. one of these teams? I mean, that's as wide open. I mean, literally, Rod, it, it sounds like a, too, uh, you know, hyperbole to say it's as wide open a conference as it's been 
in 30 or 40 years, but that's true. I mean, when was the last time they didn't – there wasn't, wasn't a Hall of Fame quarterback in the NFC playing in the NFC Conference. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right about that. That's a great point because then when Tom Brady jumped over for a little while with, right. <laughs> with the Bucks, <laughs> Well, I mean, there was a stretch there where there were like, like three or four Hall of Fame yeah, quarterbacks no, you're right. in the conference. I mean, you got you had to get through Drew Brees or Aaron Rodgers or both, and then Tom Brady shows up. I mean, now, I mean, again, there's, there's good teams. I'm not saying there aren't mm-hmm. good teams. San Francisco's loaded. The Eagles are, are really a good football team, and Jalen Hurts had a great season. But, yeah, that, that established that dude. You don't have to beat Patrick Mahomes to get to the Super Bowl. No. You don't have to beat Josh Allen that's or Joe a, Burrow yeah. to get to the Super Bowl. Jimmy Garoppolo, they, they, that's been established. <laughs> but for the Cowboys, you know, Dak Prescott has been unable to beat Jimmy Garoppolo and Brock Purdy in back-to-back Januarys. That is the irony of the conversation of whether Dak is an elite quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> that the quarterbacks that he hasn't been able to beat in the playoffs, are nobody talks about them of that ilk and being on that level. So to that point, here's the question, because I think you kind of led right into it. Um, this is the best Cowboys team since. This is the best Longhorn team since. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. Well, best, I, best well ca- you know what I mean? I'll the, let the Cowboys fans win on best Cowboys team since. Uh, because it's a, it's a loaded guy. The defense is, I mean, you're talking about an elite defense now. Top two. What's the last three. time they yep. had an elite defense? you got to go back. First of all, you got to think about that. Elite defense. It's been a while since you've had that. Um, and your wide receiving core is loaded. Um, we'll go through. I, I did some research, so we'll dive into it a little bit. But that's that's a question I want Cowboys fans to ponder. This is the best Cowboys team since. And then just like uh, he just mentioned, you know, you can even consider the season a failure because this is a really good Cowboys team if you don't get past the division around. And they've uncharacteristically made moves because the window is starting to close just a little bit. They know. Well, they a couple of years with this window. Yeah, and I think – Because Dan Quinn might leave. Right. That's the, Dan Quinn is the window. Yeah, you've had Dan Quinn now three years, three going into three seasons, yeah. which you probably didn't expect when he did such a great job in year exactly. one of turning that defense around. So, I mean, yeah, I'm looking I – mean, but that's not it's not wrong to have high expectations. It's not wrong to to set a goal that, you know, getting to the NFC championship game or bust is is that's not too high for these Cowboys based on where they've been and what they've added this offseason for the Longhorns. Mm-hmm. I think it's the best team since 08 or 09. I mean, I really do. I don't I haven't seen a team this with this many, you know, this few questions. Uh and the biggest question marks the quarterback and head coach and uh you know, back in 08 and 09, you had a proven head coach in Mac Brown. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian still has to prove that. Because, again, the 09 team played for the championship, but I think the 08 team was actually better than the 09 team. Just we should have covered. asked Quan that. Because the offensive line was better in 08. Yeah. Remember, the offense, I mean, the 09 I, is when the offensive line the, started to struggle. Yeah, I think the entire team was better in 08. I do, too. They were just deeper. <laughs> they were deep, and then they went through that gauntlet of, of top 10 teams or top 15 teams mm. in, in October of 08, and... Uh, all the excitement, and it looked like they were going to get there. And then, of course, we know what happened in Lubbock that fateful night at Texas Tech, and and all. And then the the Big 12's tiebreaker rule, and all that. Oklahoma ended up winning the conference and playing in uh, Florida for the national championship. Oh eight, oh nine. But it, but you know, look, those, those were championship level teams. Is Texas to that point? I don't know. But it's the this is the best looking Texas team since then. Because mm. t- t- 2010, they weren't weren't any good. They no. went five and seven. And then the best team Mac Brown had beyond that point was a, was an eight and five team that challenged for the Big Twelve championship that year. Charlie Strong never had a team over five hundred. Tom Herman's best team, I don't think, was as good as this one. And we didn't have high expectations for that twenty eighteen team. Remember that kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, it, with Bam they, Bam they, Sam and the crew. And of course, they beat Georgia and played for a Big Twelve title. I, I think this team is is more solid than that team uh, and more talented than that team across the board. 
could be wrong, but if you ask the question, I'm going. I got to go back to 08, 09 to see a team with. And this is why the expectation should be high. Yep. This is why the expectation should be high. It's the best roster in the conference. Um, it's the most talented, and that's credit to Sark and this staff. I mean, they've done a heck of a job of flipping this roster and uh, building this this team in their likeness and how Sark wants this team to look with the big humans and the speed and quarterback play. And then, you know, Pete Kwiatkowski's challenge of improving the defense. If that, as you've said, Rod, can take another step forward, I think the sky's the limit. And, of course, we'll get messages from you folks, and we appreciate it that, uh, you know, you guys always have too high of expectations. Well, I will say, having done this a long time, I haven't had this high of expectations for the Longhorn football team in a long, long time. And this does look like a Cowboys team that can contend in a wide-open NFC for me. The um, To your point, remember the preseason uh, Big 12 media picked Texas to finish first. Uh, that for the first time since 2009. Yeah. <laughs> so they hadn't been this high on Texas since, like you just said, you pointed out, that's the last time you think Texas was this good and they played for a national title. You know, guys like Brian Jones and Danny Cannell are picking Texas to be in their college football playoff because, like you said, and I think you made a – it was an astute point that you made about these, they don't – they have very little questions, very few questions. Uh, they're, they're, and I think one of the biggest questions, actually, is Steve Sarkeesian. Yeah. And that is, I think, going to be a big factor in whether this team can ascend to an elite level is whether Sark takes his game as a coach to the next level. If he becomes one of those guys who has a who can be considered an elite coach in his profession. So if he takes a leap, I think this, this team is as good as that. They could be the, the best team since that 2009 team, like you said. If he doesn't take the leap, I, honestly, they could be another disappointing team. Sure. Texas has been the biggest underachieving program in college football for the last 13 years. I mean, that is hard to argue with. Well, and I think, as you said, Sark <laughs> is the biggest question mark because he hasn't done that before. He hasn't done it. And, you know, if they don't make the Big 12 title game, there's going to be a, a pretty – Intensive autopsy of why not? What the heck happened? What 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 derailed this team? In a because much like the Cowboys in a in an NFC that doesn't include a Hall of Fame quarterback anywhere, it's a it's a Big Twelve that you know the defending champs are K State and they're going to be a quality team. But you get them in your own building, you got got a home game with them. Uh, Oklahoma is still in rebuild mode in year two for Brett Venables. Uh, there's not a dominant team. Texas is the highest-ranked Big 12 team in the preseason as well. They're supposed Nobody to be the dominant team. Yeah, they're supposed to be that <laughs> they're dominant team. They're supposed to be the dominant team. And, that's, <laughs> and the only reason they're at 10 or 11, or 11 or 12 in the preseason is people don't trust Texas at this point, are skeptical, maybe rightfully. But same time, there's not, as we said earlier, there's, there's three, three SEC teams in the top five. You know, there's mm. three Big 10 teams in the top seven. Um, there's one Big 12 team in the top 14 teams in the country that is an open conference that you should go be able to get. If you don't, what the heck happened? I mean, what 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 led to you to, you know, was it coaching? Was it culture? Was it injuries? There's gonna be there's gonna need to be a reason. And the all gas no excuses. And, and, and injuries will be knocking on wood. Uh, that is gonna be an excuse that'll be hard for Longhorn fans, everybody to accept because we're talking about the death of this team yeah. and how deep they are and how great you coaches been have been and they have been at developing talent so far. Well, Guys are getting better on the forty acres. So. I'm with Sark said, and I'll give him credit. He said this at his, I don't know if it's his first media availability, uh, this uh, this training camp, but it was one of his early ones when he was asked, "Hey, you know what, you know what's what's going to stop this team from achieving its goals?" And he said, "What stands in the way is us. Yeah, what's standing in Texas's way is us. We are the only thing that 
is can stop us from achieving our goals. And I think they're right. That's why there there will be a lot of blowback and blame, at, uh, probably at at Sark's feet if this team underachieves, because he is the right now he he is the uncertainty. He's the question mark. There's faith that he's going to evolve into a great coach, but that's just faith. That evidence right now, he's just an above average coach. That's right. That's right. That's it. Uh, record says you are what your record says. <laughs> you uh, and I would say this for that quote from Sark: He's embracing the, the challenge, understands where what his he resume does. is career wise, and at the same time, you know what was their bugaboo last year? Fourth quarters, right? His fourth quarter play calling, their fourth quarter decision making, execution. Game, they were two and five. Yeah, I mean they were not mm-hmm. good, and you've had the numbers over and over again. They, their fourth quarter performances were lame. And what has Sark said since the beginning of training camp? We've started training camp working on critical moments, fourth quarters, third down, fourth down, red zone, because our install is to that point in our program here that we're, we're going to start the month-long training camp drilling down on the details, drilling down on the importance of you know, finishing games, finishing drives, fourth quarters, getting teams off the field, all those things. That's pretty good. And if you can rectify fourth quarters, go back to last year. There's three games there that if you don't shoot yourself in the foot, yourself in the foot in the fourth quarter, you are a one-loss team and playing for a Big 12 title. Mm -hmm. Even if you forgive the TCU game, which, call it a mulligan, wasn't a good night, play calling was terrible, uh, offensive line was was bad, bad. TCU maybe had your plays, I don't know, uh, whatever that whole, you know, uh, conspiracy theory is, they had the they were able to to read the plays and know what was coming. Either way, so call that a mulligan. They beat you, and they you know, on a, on a Saturday night, the other three losses were on you. And if you win those games, you're one loss team, and that's what a lot of people are picking for this team this year. Even with the loss at Alabama, there's no reason they can't handle business in the Big Twelve. And even even if they suffer a loss and then one loss in the Big Twelve and go ten and two. They'll they'll almost certainly be playing in in Arlington on December second for a Big Twelve championship, even if even with a loss. Yeah, no, I and I agree with Sark. It's it's on Texas pretty much. There are the, the all gas no excuses tour, as you said all several gas, times. All gas no excuses. That's that's pretty much what it comes down to. And I think the uh, the, the redemption of Texas football. I think Sark has kind of linked his own redemption with the the redemption of the program and that tour. I think hopefully this is the year that you see it. Um, is Texas back? I mean, that's everybody's talking about the John Wick. You know, Sark's talked about it. Quinn's talked about it. And we heard Jared Thompson uh, the other day mention John Wick. That's they all have the John Wick mentality now. That's the people that don't unofficial John, mascot. John Wick, is, uh, he knows he's being chased. He knows he's being chased. He's being hunted and he wants to become the hunter. We won't spoil it for you. Uh, but one of the uh, the questions, the ongoing questions and themes throughout all the John Wick films is, is John Wick, are you back? Are you back? And I believe that's what they're gravitating towards. Are you back? And he has to answer that question over and over again throughout the movie. Is Texas back? That is the question that college football fans have been asking for 13 years. <laughs> is Texas back? And, I, there, you know, there have been Sam Ellinger at one time te- brought Texas back, you know, just for temporarily for a little while. Um, but Texas has not been back in a long time. That is the question. That's why John Wick is their unofficial mascot because well, they want to answer that question. They want to answer it with a a you know a statement in, in you know an emphasis. I would also say that there is a there's a bookend here, right? There's a kind of a, a symbiotic possibility here with the Longhorns, right? They won the first Big Twelve championship in ni- in the mid '90s. Then it fell apart for John Makovic one year later, and, and, and Mac Brown was brought in, and that was the rise of Texas, right? Texas, the rise. And then since 2010, there's been the fall. And on their way out of the Big 12 in their last year, the bookend, uh, is there the beginning of a rise back? I mean, that becomes 
Mm-hmm. I know somebody somebody should write a book about that: the rise, the fall, <laughs> and the re- the rebirth. Uh, but that's uh-huh. you know that's a little maybe too too uh, you know <laughs> a liter- a, a, you know uh, whatever the, the the word is, but romantic with a book. They put it into a book terms. But that's what Texas is hoping this is on their way out of the Big Twelve. Uh, and again, you know, the brass tacks conversation is: if they can't win this Big Twelve this year with this team and this coaching staff. What makes you think they're ever going to win the SEC or th- with this group, right? I mean, that that's going to be discouraging if you can't do it this year. What are the reasons you're not? Uh, obviously, here on Ian Rod B in the mornings for five hours each day, mm-hmm. we will document and cover and talk about the games and how they go. And uh, looking forward to it. Fifteen days away. There's a big uh, scrimmage in uh, 14 days. Actually, one day when we're two weeks oh, out. Yeah. The depth chart scrimmage. We'll preview that coming up. Gets Rod's thoughts behind the burn orange curtain. Your take your thoughts. Is uh, NFC Championship game and a Big 12 championship either appearance or win, too high of expectation for the Longhorns and the Cowboys in 2023. Also, are you going to be uh, eagerly looking for tickets to go on sale September 15th to see the Spurs play and Victor Wenbanyama to play at the Moody Center? Yeah, I wonder what the cost of those tickets are going to be. Yeah, well, the fact that they got the Denver Nuggets is one of them. Nikola mm-hmm. Jokic, yeah. the defending champs, that'll be a hot ticket March 15th, and those tickets go on sale uh, next month. We'll get you details there and talk about it. Also, some uh, Ian Rodby, facts of the day, keeping our fingers crossed for the lifetime Longhorn Moro Ojimo, who was in a scary situation last night in that Eagles game uh, in the preseason. That's the biggest fear, right? Injuries in those preseason games, why no starters are playing uh, in all these games. So we'll we'll get to all that. Uh, just get warmed up. lot to do. Specs text line is there for you, 337-3776. And, of course, you can find us in a variety of ways, and we appreciate you doing that, whether it's on your Horn app, on your smart speaker at hornfm.com, watching our Twitch channel or our YouTube channel. And, of course, on 101.9 and AM 1260, we're coming back. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Austin, Texas, Sports, The Horn. Oh, man, heard uh, from several folks that uh, Stevie Nicks, we saw Stevie Nicks at the Moody Center earlier this week, said it was tremendous. She was rocking out? That Stevie Nicks at 75 years old. At 75? Can still bring I mean, it. it yeah, it. Is, she, is she performing or is she just like sitting no. on a stool? I don't know. Uh, we talked to, to, to some folks who saw it and said, man, she sounded great. Voice was on point and uh, still moves. I mean, she, for, she didn't look 75. They were having to look it up. How old is she? Wow. 75, yeah. White Wing Dove there with Stevie Nicks. And uh, good stuff right there. Ty Henderson, our producer, bringing us back with some Stevie. Also, uh, before the top of the hour, we'll get some Just the Facts, including that's what we love about the free market. Their PGA Tour, PGA's playing their uh, BMW Championship. Did you see the story involving Lucas Glover in his sweaty pants? Again, this dude. we got to do it. We got a new story. I got to give you, got you. another story got about it. No, it's a, it's a redemption story for butt him. Butt sweat guy. Butt sweat. Come on. Pants sweat in his <laughs> pleated Jim Harbaugh looking pants he was wearing last went last Sunday. Uh, we got that. Also, Lionel Messi speaking for the first time since joining Inter Miami, and he's got a, a high opinion of what the MLS can be in the future. We'll get you details on that. Oh yeah, because he wants to be an owner. Of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's, he's, oh yeah. He's telling everybody, oh, it's gonna be amazing. It's gonna yeah, be amazing. And uh, <laughs> yes, Victor Wenbanyama, uh, the rookie phenom of the Spurs, will be making an appearance in Austin in March, playing games. Playing games, yeah. That, he's one of those. How many, how many professional athletes would you consider um, worthy of you? 
paying price of admission, which would obviously when you go see superstars and celebrity athletes, basically, the price goes up. As we know, you're going to see Messi. That's going to be the most expensive ticket in the MLS for your team that year. Uh, how many athletes are like that in American pro sports? How many? Not many. We, um, well, especially with with one Banyama because he, cause he's now those, probably on that list just because it's freakish. It's his global fame. Yeah, exactly. But, but also, the, <laughs> freakish the, size, as a too. fan, it's kind of like, uh, and I saw him win. I saw him before he became what that kind of thing too. Because yeah. that's the prediction that he's, you know, because if you could say, I mean, I saw LeBron James when he was a rookie, or I saw Kareem at, at Power Memorial High School, or mm-hmm. I saw, you know, Jordan. You know, playing as because again, that that's a, another high expectation, sentimental high value bar. of it. Yeah, yeah, just the idea of before the rise, and uh, that'll be March fifteenth and sixteenth. If you're looking for it, with the NBA, so we'll get some just the facts coming up. We'll also go behind that burnt orange curtain and uh, have some fun with you. Ty, by the way, are you going to the uh, you and your mom going to go see Snoop Dogg tonight? Snoop Dogg, uh, undecided at this point. Undecided. <laughs> undecided on the, whether well, you we'll see Snoop Dogg or that. How much sleep I get after the show works today. We'll decide if we go to Super Bowl tonight. If you're watching, and by the way, is the Twitch camera working on uh, on Rod B? And yes. Our, yes. Got, that fixed? Yep. got that fixed? Snoop okay. Dogg and Wiz Khalifa. Is that what it is? Yeah. 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 It's out at Coda mm-hmm. tonight. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a lot, of, uh, a lot of haze out there. A lot of haze. A little contact if you need it. Hey, have you ever seen the, uh, the reels of Snoop Dogg narrating <laughs> the planet Earth deal with the animals? <laughs> no. Yes. It's good stuff. It's some of the greatest what content. Is it? What is it like a, a nature documentary yeah, or something? It, like, like a wildlife Snoop, documentary? Yeah, it's Snoop. But he's the watching, voice, the voiceover? No, he's just like giving play by play. Oh, his own play by play of it. Okay. Oh, it's classic. <laughs> I you, believe that's probably funny. You gotta, oh, it's too he funny. Does, he, he's done some play by play of like, is it UFC or like some sports? They did the Olympics. He and Kevin Hart did the Olympics. They did some and stuff. They had like some sporting events, and he was pretty funny doing that. I oh, yeah. They had him, I think it was NBC had him doing, he and Kevin Hart narrating like, Summer Olympic event. Yeah, I know it was. It was pretty good. No, that's I've not seen that. I got to look that up. I got to look it up. Well, well, Snoop went from like, you know, young young rapper, young hip hop star to, he's become like a brand, like this. I don't say mogul, but what's the word on Snoop? Because he does that kind of stuff. Well, he's he's been he's been arrested several times, but at the same time, you know, he hangs out with Martha Stewart now, and he's been become this cultural figure now. Well, all all. Hip hop artists, especially those who are gangster rappers, they have to transition. You have to go main. You have to go mainstream because you can't rap in your fifties and sixties. Like, like what did you just say with Stevie Nicks? She's seventy something. There's no rapper ever going to be touring <laughs> at seventy five. So you, so your your window to kind of maximize your brand as a rapper, it you know it's short. It's actually short as a rapper, but then like Common and like Ice T. Ice T used to make made a song called Cop Killers. Now he's Detective Tutuola. All right, Ice Cube was in a d- group called N.W.A. and now Ice Cube makes family friendly films. Same thing with Snoop. Right, he was on trial for murder at one point, and now Snoop is actually family friendly and does you know programs with point. Martha Stewart. So you have to transition because you can't be a grand a grandfather out there rapping about the same stuff you did as a gangster rapper. So doesn't work. You're like a running back. Yeah. So you gotta. <laughs> Yeah, Shelf like, life is like, short. You're like a stripper, right? You can't be a stripper in your 50s. Like, it's just not going to work for you, right? You can be a hot stripper in your 40s, maybe. But at that 40-something as a stripper, you got, I, I got to think about a second career What's plan next? here. What's next? I cannot, well, I can't strip with, you know, I mean, everything starts sagging. Dr. Dre, too. Dr. Dre. Dr. You know, Dre, yeah. headphones As and... a rapper, you have to, you have to, wrestlers do it now, too. Wrestlers, that's why they all go into acting. 
Like you gotta have because you can only wrestle for so long. Ask Mark Henry. Mark Henry's now in the, the executive level um, of the wrestling community. You got to transition. Everybody has to, right? Just like athletes. It's not not that different from it. It says, guys, I went to see Billy Strings at Moody Center. Brother, that's a great point. That never yeah. that is brilliantly put. Uh, I went to see Billy Strings at Moody Center. I thought smoking indoors in Austin was illegal. Um, <laughs> uh, I think, you know, it depends on what kind of smoke it is. <laughs> there might be some smoke at the Snoop they, Wiz Khalifa program tonight. Yeah, it might be. What kind of smoke is it? Now, cigarette smoke, you'll hey get now. kicked out. But hey some other stuff, they might let it go. Hey, if you were at Stevie Nicks on Tuesday, or even Foreigner on Monday night, give us because you got some older older acts down there at Moody. But I heard both just rocked it and uh, did a great job. Um, we actually went to the Astros game last Saturday. I got in Houston and got in the elevator at the hotel with with a couple people that had just been to see Stevie Nicks down in Houston. She was at Toyota Center Man. for the Rockets play on Saturday night and said the same thing. She was great. Like they they went in just because they love Stevie Nicks, but they expected maybe yeah, you know, not see, her best performance. Exactly. How could you rock You're just out going like that? It might be the last time you get to see her. And they said, "Man, she was unbelievable. It's unbelievable." How do you do that at seventy some years old? Well, I know that kind of energy. Well, it's kind of weird. We talked earlier. Madonna's coming next. She yeah. rescheduled. She's sixty five, and she's all built on sex appeal and yeah. everything. All yeah, the, the exactly. controversy. I don't think of that at sixty five. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. How she? Yeah, what? Yeah, it's a great point too. I wonder what Madonna's show looks like now. Because right, she was always erotic. Doing very erotic yeah. things on stage at sixty, I was like, "Does she still do that stuff? Come on, man. Wear the outfits with the nipple clamps and stuff." Come on, Grandma! <laughs> I'm like, can you do that at sixty something? I don't know. Hey, Grandma, <laughs> take off the nickel, nipple clamps or whatever you just said. <laughs> can we go behind the burn orange curtain? We've got uh, Texas football and a big scrimmage tomorrow. And they were all asking themselves the same question: What is behind that curtain? All right, we can um, – well, no, but let's talk about what we expect to see in the scrimmage or what I think they – what Coach is going to emphasize, what Sark is going to be looking for in the scrimmage because there's still some competition happening at certain spots. And one of the spots that I am paying close attention to, and, I, and I've heard from players, Jaron Thompson mentioned it, uh, his media availability, Sark said it recently at one of his media availabilities, that the competition in the secondary is fierce. There's some the comp, uh, big, uh, that's a, a lot of competition there, and I believe they're talking about that field corner spot because most of the other spots are pretty much locked up. Ryan Watts is your boundary corner. Jaron Thompson just throwing safety. They got Jalen Catalan throwing the mix. I'm sure he's gonna either be a star. I mean, I think he's gonna be a starter. Keaton Crawford, I think, will be the safety they kind of bring in. Other than that, I think Jalen Catalan will start off as a starter. Jade Barron is your nickel. There's no doubt about that because he's fantastic. And so the only question mark really is at field corner. So I think that's what they're talking about when they're talking about this ferocious competition happening in the secondary. They got Gavin Holmes that they like out there, Terrence Brooks, of course, one of those guys. I don't know what corner Malik Muhammad is playing right now, but they Sark did say and did remark that Terrence Brooks and some of his younger guys, uh, Malik Muhammad, they can play boundary and field. Um, they can play both. And I think that's what I think that's what they want in the future. It, they don't want to have to pigeonhole a guy that he can only play on the field or the boundary side. The field side is the wide side. Boundary side is the short side of the field. Um, they don't want to pigeonhole guys that they can have to play in just that. Right now, Ryan Watts is that guy for you, and he's a perfect frame for it too because he's long and rangy, one of those legion of boom looking corners. Uh, but at the field side, I think that's where they're looking at the most competition in secondary. Gavin Holmes, Terrence Brooks. 
Um, hell, they've talked about guys like Austin Jordan and hell, I, Malik Muhammad had a fantastic scrimmage. Maybe he's caused two turnovers, had an interception and a forced fumble in the last scrimmage. So I think they want to see him ascend. So he might get pushed out there a little bit more. I assume Terrence Brooks is going to win that job. I've heard from Xavier Worthy that Xavier Worthy thinks he's the corner that gives him the most problems. So that means a lot to me that Xavier Worthy, the NFL receiver, uh, has you know problems with Terrence Brooks out there. That is a glowing endorsement, if you will. And I've I've heard from other uh, players, and I'm sorry, even coaches. PK mentioned earlier this year that the most improved player throughout the spring was Terrence Brooks on yeah. defense. And he's, uh, you know, having seen him in person at that Alamo Bowl, you know, that whole team at Texas didn't play great in that Alamo Bowl against Washington, uh, but Terrence Brooks did. Terrence Brooks played a really good game. Good. And he and that's a really veteran and good receiving core at Washington. By the way, it's why the Washington Huskies are the number 11 in our countdown, and we will spotlight them coming up this morning. Ooh, Penix. Uh, Michael Penix, Jr., and yeah. the crew from Washington, they will be our – Horn Top 20 Countdown Spotlight coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. But Terrence Brooks didn't back down. I mean, he was a young guy, you know, after the getting the bowl practices and getting mm. ready for that. And uh, he was kind of thrown into that opportunity and took it. And I thought he acquitted himself pretty darn well. He's a bulldog, oh, yeah. Rod. Yeah, he is. And he's a talented bulldog, but he, he'll fight you. Mm-hmm. No, I, 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 love his, uh, I love his mentality out there. He is a guy that wants to make plays on the ball, got great footwork, no wasted movement, really got good. He's a guy, I think, he can really move around at secondary. I, I think he can play bounds. He probably could play nickel, too. And honestly, probably could play safety if you need him. I think he's got that type of range of skill set as a player. So that is something to watch. I think this scrimmage, Sark says, this is a depth chart scrimmage. So that is a position they will decide, you know, in this scrimmage, I think, largely, who's going to end up being the front-line starter at that field corner. My my pick is probably going to be Terrence Brooks, but we'll see. There's some other guys well, that may be trending. And for folks who don't know, uh, Terrence's father, Chet, was an NFL player. He played for the Aggies. Yeah, played for the Aggies. Yeah, and he uh, played for the 49ers for three seasons mm-hmm. and then suffered a career-ending injury in 1990. And he's mentored Terrence his whole career. I mean, he's kind of taught him how to play the corner position at a very high level uh, from someone who played it at a professional level. Yep, and he's a, he's a footwork coach, like a DB yep. footwork specialist as well. I worked with him. Um, shout out to Anthony Williams. I worked with him at one of the camps uh, that uh, he organized, and he's really cool. He actually came up with the term wrecking crew. Really? Yeah, he's the one that came up with Jeff the Brooks term. Did. Yes, that's 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 the story. That's awesome. <laughs> that's the story that he came up with the term. And he's a cool dude. And yeah, honestly, that's another reason why I'm proud of kind of pro Terrence Brooks. I know that he has been essentially <laughs> his he, coach. He, he's been well, yeah, exactly. He, but he his skill set essentially has been built to be a DB. Like he has been, you know, basically developed as a DB even from his youth as a player. Yeah. So he Always understands the right. position. Yeah. He understands all the nuances of the position. Yeah. Because of dad. And nuances are, are, you know, one thing to be have all the athletic ability, but the nuances are what separates. And now his own dad, Chet, <laughs> compares him says he's like Jalen Ramsey and Minka Fitzpatrick combined. Now that's a dad, right? Now that's a bad dad. <laughs> <laughs> but what I think he's trying to get at, yeah, I wouldn't go that far. But he's a dad. What I, I think he's trying, and I just brought it up. He has a very wide ranging skill set as a defensive back. Yeah, um, I think you, I think you could move him around that secondary if need be. So uh, that's one to watch. Also, the linebacker spot opposite Jalen Ford. We still don't know. Um, there's been talk that David Benda like, looks great, and that he has as a veteran player now, and he's been here. Man, is he a fifth year? Fifth senior? year player, from fifth Katie. year senior. Yep. Um, man, you, still, you know those guys <laughs> don't stick around usually here at Texas, waiting to play 
their senior year and David Bender did. And all the reports are that he looks great and he's going to be a stabilizing force there. Regardless of what happens with Anthony Hill, whether he is at that spot or whether they put him on the edge a little bit situationally, Anthony, there's no denying Anthony Hill will see the field sooner rather than later. Hey, yeah. no, you can't. If now if they, David Bender and how well he plays will determine. I think if they use uh, Anthony Hill more situationally, or if they have to rely on him actually as the off-ball linebacker opposite Jalen Ford, if they can depend on David Bender, or who knows, Mo, Mo Blackwell, I'm not, there's other guys who may be in that competition too, but if they find someone they deem as a reliable starter, I don't think they'll force Anthony Hill in that spot early on. I think they'll use him situationally. If they don't trust any of those guys, David Bender, or if Anthony Hill is on their level or close to it, you always go with the younger guy. Go with the prodigy in that case, and if David Bender doesn't, prove himself as a frontline starter, I think they'll just go with Anthony Hill potentially there. A lot of that will be determined in the scrimmage, too. Yeah, that's what we've heard on Benda, and I mentioned Demonte Tucker-Dorsey joined our, our multicast this week, and he's really big on David Benda, still talks to him all the time, feels like he can have a breakout final year at yeah. Texas, and we'll see. And again, you've talked a lot in these behind the burn orange curtains about Havoc players and defensive players who can create havoc and force turnovers and get sacks and get quarterbacks to the ground. But you also have to have those guys that are reliable and consistent and are in the right place and where they need to be. That was me. That was you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious. I, I remember uh, that we had our Derek Johnsons and Nat, Nathan Vasters and Michael Huffs of the world who went after the ball. But you need guys who are just they're do your job guys and they are kind of the stabilizing force of of the de- of the defense. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, they got to have those guys too. Yeah. I mean, a good combination of both makes you a really, really good defense. Consistency is uh, uh, and reliability is just a lot mm-hmm. of times the biggest ability in yeah. football, or really in anything. Hey, we come back. We'll hit some just the facts, including. Uh, do you see who's going to be joining Stephen A. Smith? On that show on ESPN to replace. I did see that. Oh, I got details. Mm-hmm. Also, you see who's going to bat for Stanford and SMU joining the ACC. I'm not surprised. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Lionel Messi surprised. weighs in on the future of the MLS plus more. And our Just the Fact segment's coming on the other side. There's your behind the burnt orange curtain on a Friday. Aaron Hogan, Rod Papers. Austin, Texas Sports. The Hall. Just the facts time here on Ian Rod B. That's right. Just the facts. Give them to us. Yeah, here's a fact, Rod Babers. You know that uh, we just saw Terrence Brooks in that depth chart building scrimmage tomorrow for Texas. Oh, yeah. He indeed is the, it's a big one. The, uh, the field corner opposite Ryan Watts. It is a fact that those two players went to the same high school. Uh, Little, oh, yeah. Little Elm High School. I mean... I thought that the first time, and I got to go back and look because it's probably happened before that, that D, that Texas has had multiple DBs starting in the same secondary from the same high school was DB high, was Houston Lamar. You. Yeah, cool, because we had Anthony, uh, at one point they had Anthony Cook starting, um, Deshaun Jameson in the same secondary. Uh, even before that, at one point it was, I think it was John Bonney, and one time he was he ended up getting some starting reps in there, and, and him and Anthony Cook and both of those guys are from Houston Lamar. Man, yeah, is that, that so? Now you got another one, Lil Lamb. If there, if he is, if Brooks start, starts, and, and there's also a connection that Ryan Watts was at Ohio State and transferred to Texas, and Terrence Brooks is a 1.8 an Ohio State commitment Man. that Texas flipped on signing day. Because hmm. uh, then Ryan Watts was a big part of that because uh, he had you know friends with with Terrence. Or excuse me, with Ryan Watts. So that is a fact. Also, you asked the question off the top of the show there, Rod. Which this Cowboys team with the high expectations this season? It's it's NFC Championship game. Best or bust. team since 
Uh, several people mentioned best team since 2014. Oh, yeah. The de- did he, it's the Dez catch, right? No. Oh, that, was the, that was when they lost to Matt Stafford. 2014? In the, in the Lions in the, in the oh. again, wild card round, that one. Uh, no, you're no, right. It was, the was the Packers. They yeah. beat the Lions and they lost to that's the Packers. The one, that's the one. Did Dez catch it? If Dez would have caught it, they beat the Packers. And and that, was, that was a catch. And exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's that's. You I know didn't what? want to walk to Dallas, but that was a catch. And that team, if I'm not mistaken, they were they were one or two in takeaways uh, that season. They were like one or two in takeaways well, in yeah. the NFL that year. They were really opportunistic. This defense is better than that defense, but they were really an opportunistic defense. Well, that team in 2014. had six. Oh no, they were loaded. Six first team, first or second team All Pros. Mm-hmm. No, with, that was with, that with, was the one Romo. Oh man, Romo, Romo was balling. Marco Murray, that was Des Romo's Bryant, best. That was Travis Romo's Fedder. best year. Yeah, it was. That was Romo's best year, yeah. right? Yeah, no, I mean, no doubt. Zach Martin was a rookie that year, uh, and he came in and was an immediate impact player. Tyron Smith at left tackle was a Pro Bowler. Jason Witten was a Pro Bowler. I mean, they were really good. Yeah, that's when they rolled the wheels off DeMarco Murray too, right? Yeah, they ran. Yeah, the they just wheels like, up. <laughs> they, they just ran into the ground. Did they? Did he come back the next year? Or was he? He went to the Eagles after that. Went he to went the to the Eagles. Yeah, you're right. Because yeah, Jerry didn't the pay ground. him. Jerry like, wouldn't pay him. Because he's like, hey, we ain't, we ain't paying him. Just ride. Just, just, well, that's just when they drafted the Zeke. Off. And then they drafted Zeke, right? Two years later. Yeah. You're right. Great point. And Dak, too. They totally flipped the entire identity of the Well, in 2014. The it, franchise. Well, and that's kind of the thing, right? 2014, that was the window to go win the Super Bowl. That, you're right. In the it Super closed. Bowl. That's a great point. And the next year wasn't oh. good. And then it flipped and it became Dak and, and, and Zeke. And now this is the year to you don't have you don't have Zeke now, but this is probably if it doesn't work this, this year, might be the closing of this window. You might see the change of Mike McCarthy and the the advent of uh, Dan Quinn as your head coach and a lot of changes. We'll see. That's okay, I give you the expectation. Skate, since we're talking about uh, facts and stats, I give you one about the Cowboys really stats quickly. Stats and facts, get just uh, the facts. You like right. this one? Uh, okay, uh, the Cowboys are the only franchise with two quarterbacks to play in three or more divisional round games without winning one. Oh. I'll repeat. The Cowboys are the only franchise with two quarterbacks to play in three or more divisional round games without winning one. And you guys guessed it. Tony Romo and Dak Prescott. They are those two quarterbacks. Romo was a miracle. Isn't that wild? And I, so I, it is a special kind of hurt, Kyle. If, you, if you're feeling like, man, it feels like a special kind of pain, that's a special kind of pain. It's unique to you guys. Nobody has gotten to the division around that much <laughs> and not won one, not broken through at least one damn time. Well, don't remove Jerry Jones as the consistent factor to all of it. Hello. <laughs> that, is, that is why you made the, the bet. That is why you made the bet. 20, what were we going on, 23 years of it? 20, 1999. So twenty, yeah, exactly. That's why you made the bet, and you know what? That, that, that your greatest hot take in your your famed sports radio career, and it's still going strong. And that's amazing. You still got a hot take from twenty four years ago that's it's still going well. strong. Man, so what age like Tom Brady? Come on, man. <laughs> what? That thing is that is a great take, man. Thank you, thank you. That's well, he's never, you know, you. He, well, no matter who the coach is, who the quarterback is, uh, he's been the constant, and this has been that's been their ceiling. You saw it before everybody else did. You saw it before anybody else, because <laughs> nobody would have said that at that point. They were like, "Man, what are you talking yeah, they about?" Just, they had just won three Super Bowls yeah, in you, like four years. Dude, you're insane. Pretty soon, pretty recently to that. All right, well real done. quick on the facts of the day. Well, we've had the fun facts. with we've had fun with Lucas Glover, the golfer who won back to back PGA events now. And his sweaty pants in Memphis on a muggy Sunday. <laughs> How about this? This dude shows up yesterday at the BMW Championship, and he has, now has a deal, like an NIL deal, with Dude Wipes. Oh, he's got an endorsement deal with Dude Wipes. Dude well Wipes. Done. 
There you go. Dude wife said, yo, Lucas, what you, I'm talking you about, need man. our product, bro. This is what I'm saying. This is the kind of this is what I'm saying. This is the world that we live in. You can turn shame into fame and then fame into fortune. Beautiful. I like that. And look, he should keys off yesterday outside Chicago looking slick. Got some new slacks. Got the because he look, he's dude wife. He's dude wife. He's clean. He's, he's not you know, sweating like a hog. <laughs> It's unbelievable. Hey, he, agent uh, is one awesome. other fact, well it is official now. Stephen A. Smith on that show he does on ESPN. First sake. He's going to be with. Oh, he's going to Skip Bayless? Uh, no, and, well, Skip left. Remember Shannon Sharp left Skip Bayless? Yes. Skip Bayless is now joining Stephen A. Smith. No, they're back. Together. This That's going to be the show. This is confusing. No, they're not. Isn't that happening? Yeah. That's what I'm reading right here. I think they're doing a mix. They work for different companies, though. No, I think they are doing this. It's gonna be, he's gonna be in half the time and like him and like, I think I think they may I, they are doing it. It's happening. They just haven't given the details of it. Shannon ESPN Sharp and First Take yeah. announced they will be bringing Shannon Sharp on board. They're gonna to split sit time across the hot take oh, machine Shannon from Sharp. Stephen A. Smith. They're splitting time. That's gonna suck. Yeah. So ESPN is bringing Pat McAfee on board and his podcast and Shannon Sharp to join. That's gonna be very loud. Half the time it'll be Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless, and half the time Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless. I, no, Skip Bayless still works at Fox. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll get the facts on that. <laughs> uh, we're coming back second hour of five on a Friday.